Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Amen. Well, you know, I wish I'd have never would have called it jogging through James because we get, we just getting after it. But And then next week is Mother's Day. And man, uh, the next chapter of James, not the one I'm doing today, but uh, you wouldn't want to preach that on Mother's Day. So you adulterers and adulteresses. So that's, we don't want to do that on Mother's Day. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about, uh, you know, I think, Lord, there's so much things going on in the world. There's, there's these uh, battles. There's these wars. There's all this political turmoil. There's all everything going on in the world. And, Lord, you know, what, do, what should I preach? And the script... And, the thought came to me that Paul told Timothy to preach the word. Preach the word. And you say, well, that was a different day. Well, yeah, it was a different day because Rome controlled the whole world. And if you didn't worship the emperor, you were put to death. And uh, Christians were hunted down. And Paul told Timothy to preach the word. And so that's my, that's my response to what I am I'm going to do. I'm going to preach the word. Doesn't matter what anybody else does. I'm doing what God's called me to do. And so praise the Lord. Um, we are going to be looking at James chapter 3 today, and it's my plan to get through the whole chapter So don't interrupt me. Don't make faces at me. Because I'm going to get through it by, uh, in Jesus' name, if the Lord wills. Amen. Well, we're in James chapter 3. And um, I just want to say this, that the whole book of James, as I'm going through this, I'm seeing that James is dealing with our faith. He's dealing, he's talking about what will hinder our faith. But on the flip side of the coin, if something will hinder it, if we turn it around, it will be a blessing and an encouragement and an empowering to our faith. We are saved by faith. We walk by faith. We're healed by faith. We're redeemed by faith. And we move mountains by faith. You say, well, I haven't been moving any mountains. Whose fault is that? Jesus said, if you say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, but believe those things that you say, they'll come to pass. 
Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Man, listen to this. This is a blank check. <laughs> what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Yeah. You know, Kenneth Hagin didn't write that verse. Kenneth Copeland didn't write that verse. TV evangelists didn't write that verse. It was Jesus that spoke that word, and the word is true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is no liar. Right. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Jesus Christ doesn't lie. So this particular chapter is dealing with the tongue that will either enhance that will either hinder your faith or empower your faith. You know, a lot of people say, you know, well, why did the Lord take that person? You know, there's scriptures in the Bible that say, if you do this, you'll extend your life. And if you do this, you will shorten your life. Doesn't sound like God has a particular day for your departure. Oh, it's awful quiet in this Pentecostal church. Well, we're not a Pentecostal church, but we are a spirit-filled church. Come on. You say, well, I don't know if I believe in that. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you confess him as your Lord and Savior? Do you believe he died on the cross for your sins? He rose again from the dead. You confess him as Lord. You've invited him in your heart. Then you have the Holy Spirit because you cannot be saved without the Holy Spirit. Right. Now, you can be saved and not speak in tongues. Woo! Aren't you glad? Glory to God. But you cannot be saved without the Holy Spirit. Yeah, like I said, this is James. <laughs> so let's go to James chapter 1, and we're going to begin, in, or not 1, James chapter 3, verse 1. It says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Now with this particular scripture, I just need to give you a little history. He's telling People, hey, do you want to be a teacher? You're going to receive a stricter judgment. But where is James the pastor? He's pastoring in Jerusalem. Where is Jerusalem? Well, what's in Jerusalem? The temple, the worship, the, the, the keeping of the law, the temple worship. There's all these people that are trying to keep the law of Moses to be saved and there were even those when Jesus was alive that said there were many priests that believed on him, but they didn't confess him because they, they were more interested in the praise of men than they were the praise of God. So he had secret admirers. Let me ask you a question. Are you a secret admirer or do you confess him as Lord? When I, I'm not getting any response. <laughs> Do you confess him as Lord? Do you acknowledge Jesus as your Lord? Yeah. Now's a good time to do it because you can't do it here, man. Where are you going to do outside the doors? Yeah. He is the resurrected Lord and he is coming back, by the way. Yes. Thank you, Lord. So we've got... James is talking about all these scribes, all these Pharisees that are coming into the church and they're wanting to become teachers in the church, 
But you know, the biggest problem that Paul, the apostle Paul had was these people that were called Judaizers. They were coming into the church. They were accepting Jesus, but Jesus was just an addition to Judaism. In other words, you had to still get circumcised. You had to still keep the law of Moses. You had to still perform all of this stuff. And James would say, hey, when you come into the church, you're not going to be preaching that way. He says, you're going to receive a stricter judgment. Hallelujah. That always made me feel good. (laughs) You know, I'm going to get judged stricter than everybody else. Thank you, Lord. Well, you know, Jesus, Jesus uh, talked about the scribes and Pharisees. Let me just give you a, a verse here. He says uh, in John chapter 7, verse 19, he said, Did not Moses give the law, yet none of you keep the law? Why do you seek to kill me? 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Desiring to be teachers of the law, neither understanding what they say nor the things which they affirm. But we know that the law is good if you use it lawfully. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. Do we have any righteous people in here? Do we? All right, good. I was, I was thinking maybe some people, well, I don't know about that. You're not righteous in your own righteousness. You're righteous because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him so the law is not made for the righteous. He says, but the lawless, insubordinate, for the ungodly, for sinners, for, for the unholy, the profane, the murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, menslayers, fornicators, sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers, and if there is anything contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God was committed to my trust. And then let me just read this from... Uh, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 13. In that, in that he says, a new covenant, he has made the, the first obsolete. The first covenant is obsolete because Jesus brought in the new covenant. When did that happen? The night before he the night he was betrayed, before he was taken to the cross, he spoke to the disciples, and he handed out the bread and the wine. He says, this is, the, this is uh, my body, which is broken for you. This blood is the cup of the new covenant. Thank you, Lord. So these, so these uh, teachers were coming in, and they wanted to keep the church under the old covenant. He said, you're going to receive a stricter judgment. But like I said earlier, Paul said to preach the word. What was the word back then? They didn't have the New, they didn't have the New Testament. They had the Old Testament. But Paul was able to take the Old Testament and preach Jesus from the Old Testament. Anything that is exalted above Jesus is out of whack, is out of order. 
I love reading through the Old Testament because I see Jesus throughout the whole Testament. I didn't see that in the beginning. I thought, man, God's a pretty mad God. I'm glad he got better. I'm glad he got counseled and got delivered in the New Testament. He dealt with some of his issues. No, no, no. It was a different covenant. We, have, we now have a better covenant with better promises. I think I lied to you again this week. I don't think I'm going to get through James chapter 3. <laughs> Unless I just go real quick. Okay, where are we at? James 3.2. Okay. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word... What, how do you, how do you uh, give a word with your tongue? Okay. We stumble in many things. If we do not stumble in word, anyone doesn't do that. He's a perfect man. That word perfect there is better, would be better translated mature. He's a mature man able to bridle the whole body. What, you know what you do with a bridle uh, with a horse? And he talks about that in a moment. But you control the horse with the bridle. I didn't, I found this out later, but I was riding a horse one time and I pulled back real hard on the reins. Well, the next thing I knew, I'm down on the ground. When you pull on the reins real hard, it applies pressure to the tongue. And when you do it too hard, it makes it very painful. So that horse was letting me know he didn't like that. But if you apply the right pressure, you can control you can control the horse. And he talks about ships too. But here he says you can control your whole body. Do you know that your body is controlled by your mouth? Your body things happen to you because of what you say. My dad, used to, my dad used to tell me a number of times, I want to be dead. He was in his 60s. Of course, back then, I thought that was old. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man, he's an old man. No wonder he wants to die. Well, 60, uh, 70 don't even look old now. <laughs> but he repeated it, and he repeated it, and he repeated it. And he died young. He was 73. I know another, and I mentioned this before, but there was a lady in the church years ago. She would always say she was going to die of cancer. She wasn't even sick. She was going to die of cancer. She's laughing. It was a joke. I wonder what she died of. Cancer. You know, we say so many things and we curse ourselves. The Bible says the curse does not come without a cause. And sometimes we are causing the curse to alight on us. So we need to learn to control the tongue. Well, how do we do that? The reality is Jesus said that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we not only need to bridle the tongue, we also need to be aware of what's in our heart. We, should, we need to turn our heart towards him. Amen. Joel likes to use this scripture. I do too, but it's, uh, the scripture says this. 
Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. So in other words, what my, what my heart is projecting out of my mouth is what I'm going to partake of. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. We are living today what we spoke yesterday. I'd sing a song, but it's kind of country. I don't sing those songs anymore. Like born to lose another life before. Because what we say is what we get for sure. I don't sing those songs anymore. That is a Christian song, by the way. All right. So, verse 4 says, he also talks about, he says, look, uh, look also at the ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned about by a small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Now, I know what this is talking about. I've been out in the middle of the Atlantic when, you know, <laughs> there was a picture of my ship. It was up here, but there was another ship down here taking a picture of us up there. And so you go, Ooh. and you know, the wind's blowing, and you know, you're just all over. You know, the first three days, I thought I, I, was, I was, first I, I was afraid I was going to die. And then after, after the third day of seasickness, I was afraid I wouldn't die. <laughs> I felt so bad. So I know, what it's, I know what it is, but there was a small rudder that controls, even in the fiercest wind. So let me just say this. When you're in your fiercest storm, you need to be consistent with your tongue. You need to be consistent at speaking the word of God. You've got to keep on course with what God says and not what the enemy is saying. Thank you, Lord. You know, I kind of have a little vision during worship that I should just take the Bible and forget my notes. But we're already in it. Verse 6. Oh, no, verse 5. He says, Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts of great things. See how great a forest fire, uh, see how great a forest a little fire kindles. So, verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. And is set on fire, and, uh, and sets on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire by hell. That's why the Bible says to give no place to the devil. In other words, don't let the devil take over your tongue. Right. We'll say, "I'm not possessed." No, you're not possessed. But you can be. You can yield to what he's saying. Remember, your tongue controls your whole body. Thank you, Lord. Well, let me just say this. Your tongue controls your home. Wow. Yeah. 
My wife asked me one time, do you love me? I said, by faith. You know, I'm not as, I wasn't as smart back then as I am now. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just better keep your mouth shut. That wouldn't have worked either. <laughs> your tongue controls the church. Your tongue controls the community. Your tongue controls the, the county. The tongue... The tongue controls the state. The tongue controls the nation. The tongue, yeah, I'm, the tongue. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm speaking in tongues, kind of, Chinese interpretation is tongue. Chi Chi Chong, anyway. But the tongue, uh, here's your excuse here. But the tongue, but no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Well, again, life and death is in the power of the tongue, but the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, which is, which is the sword of the Spirit, can tame the tongue. If we learn to yield to the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, He will tame our tongue. I've tamed my tongue pretty well over the years, except when I get behind the wheel. <laughs> That's where I have to sing, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> you know, in my mind, when I first heard that song, I'm just imagining letting go of the wheel. <laughs> no! Anyway. Verse 8, no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Let's go on to verse 9. He says... With it we bless God our Father, and with it we curse men who are made in the similitude of God. God hit me with this verse the other day. He said, if you are worshiping me and cursing men, your worship is worthless. You know, and some of us, we just do it unconsciously. You don't even think you're doing it. I didn't say you're cussing it. You're cussing people. You're cursing people. What's the difference? When you curse people, you are speaking failure over them in their lives. You're pointing out negative traits. When you're speaking, when you are speaking curses over somebody, you are speaking curses to God. What did Jesus say? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? In it, in it that you've done it unto these, you've done it unto me. Thank you, Lord. So, verse 10, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not to be. In other words, don't do it. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? The answer is no. Can a fig tree, my brethren, an olive bear, 
bear olive bear berries or a grapevine bear uh, figs? The answer is no. Thus, no spring yields both salt, water, and bitter. But yet we, from our heart, will bless God and then turn around and bless people that he has made in his own image. Why am I, am I picking on anybody today? No, I'm trying to get you to turn it around so that your faith will be empowered so that when you speak to the mountain, it will move. Believe me, I've lived this. I have lived this. We're just going to go a little extra time. I remember, you know, just, I remember, you know, I would never, I never criticized my wife. Did I ever criticize you? But I would cut her off. You know, that says a lot. That says a lot. That is, so then she has to imagine what I'm thinking. There's more one ways, than, you've heard this saying, there's more, more than one way of skinning a cat. There's more than one way to curse people. No, you don't have you don't have to do it outright. You're doing it in you're doing it from the inside. Now listen to this. Oh, this is getting good. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done with meekness and wisdom. So, in other words, like what they're doing this afternoon, it's not just what we say; it's what we do what we do. Well, I'm not doing anything. That's the, that's the whole idea. <laughs> Scripture says that faith without works is dead. <laughs> oh, this is even getting better. It, but if you have bitter envy and self-sinking in your heart, do not lie and boast against the, against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Who's he writing to? The sinners? Some people, I, I, I got to say this. Somebody said that the first chapter of 1 John is written to sinners, and I'm thinking, who's going to read it? <laughs> what sinner's going to read 1 John 1? No, it's written to Christians. Just a thought. So he's speaking to Christians. Oh, it gets worse in the next chapter. That's why I'm not going to preach it next week on Mother's Day. (laughs) I can see all the mothers. Boy, I'm glad I came today. Anyway. But if you have bitter envying and self-seeking, do not are in your heart. So... Do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. What does the Bible say? Give no place to the devil. You can be a Christian and still give place to the devil, but you're opening yourself up for what the devil offers. 
Jesus said, the thief comes not but for to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. But you got to shut the door on the devil. Speak the word of God. Speak the heart of God. And then the floodgates of heaven will open and you'll begin to see the blessing of God. For me, it's frustrating to hear people blame God for the troubles in their lives when their mouth has opened the door to the demonic. You know, I've been a pastor for a long time. And I hear so many times where people are blaming God for things they've allowed in their lives. Thank you, Lord. You know, uh, when I, I was... I was kind of sharing the pulpit with an African-American minister, and the worship team was so bad. You could be happy, and by the end of the worship, oh, my God, you were depressed. (laughs) Not not like it is here. We have wonderful worship. But uh, on the weeks that the black minister got up, he... He wouldn't say anything about the worship. He'd just start singing, Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. So we're going to sing that song after I'm done preaching. So. <laughs> when nothing <laughs> love lifted me. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Anyway, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can, they, nor can he receive them, for they are spiritually discerned. When we let our mouths go unchecked, our hearts go unchecked, I should say, then we, it's because we don't understand the things of the Spirit. Jesus Jesus just didn't come to save you. He came to fill you with his Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. How many of you in the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So if I don't see any joy coming out of you, (laughs) then I'm a wondering. I have started a natural practice in my life that is doing something for me in the Spirit. I'm starting... I'm starting, you know, we sing a song. As the Spirit of the Lord moves upon my heart, I will dance like David danced. 
man, I'm just starting, I'm just starting to move my feet. I'm starting to dance before the Lord. Well, do you feel like it? No. My joints don't feel like it either. But I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to make my natural body line up with the Word of God. Thank you, Lord. Are we going to get through? Thank you, Lord. Verse 16. He says, For where envy, self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing is there. Remember, I, told, uh, I said earlier, your tongue controls your body. Your tongue controls your house. Now, thank God, we got a gossip-free zone here. Amen. We have a safe house. Mm-hmm. But bless God, let's move, let's move beyond. Let's let our words bring righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost in our bodies. Let righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost fill our homes. Let righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost fill our, sta- uh, our nation. Our station. Thank you, Lord. He goes on to say in verse 17, But the wisdom that is from above. Hallelujah. Say, I want some of that. I want some of that. What's that? The wisdom that is from above is first pure. You say, well, I don't have a pure thought in my brain. I'm with you. I remember the first time I heard a message. Uh, I was talking to somebody after church. We, we just started going to church. My wife and I, we found a new church. I was in my 20s. I was even like 24. You Can you imagine that? You and I can imagine it because we're the same age. <laughs> they took us out to church. They took us to Dairy Queen. Boy, that's a, that is a, an evangelistic tool. <laughs> Take me out to Dairy Queen. So we're talking. We're talking about the service and and uh, I said, man, my, my brain is like somebody shot a shotgun into a tin can and those BBs are just... I said, how can I ever take one... How could I ever take, uh, take, thought my cap, take captive my thoughts? And she said something, one thought at a time. Do you know you can take one thought at a time. Then when you got that one, take another thought. When you got that one, take another thought. And now I don't have BBs running around all in my head. So this uh, this wisdom is from above. It's first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. You know, uh, before the service, I thought a lot of times we think that the kingdom of God is weak because he tells us to be gentle. But you know, Jesus destroyed the power of the devil with the weakest moment God ever had. (laughs) 
When he went to the cross, that was the weakest moment God ever had, and he destroyed the power of the devil. So if you want, if you want the power of God released in your lives, you might want to think about gentleness, mercy, and peace, and humility. Humility is a great empowerer because humility is hearing the word of God and obeying it. You're humble before God. Willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. We cannot continue to do the same things we're doing now and expect different results. This is how, this is how I am. My family's like this. Well, you better, you better realize that you're in a different family. You're in the kingdom of God. You're in a family that, you're in a family that loves. He loves everybody. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. Not kill them, God. That's not the prayer. Pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. You know, it's real simple. What I just told you is real simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to go digging. It's, it's there. It's just real. Don't you like my sermon? <laughs> my message. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus for the power of your word. Lord, we thank you that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. So right now, in the name of Jesus, now, uh, I don't want you to raise your hand. I don't want you to uh, acknowledge this, but I'm going to ask you a question. Are you having these thoughts that are earthly, sensual, and demonic? How, what's he talking about? Well, because I'm, I'm speaking curses over people that are made in the likeness of God. So I want to pray, but I want you to agree with me. Because we're going to take authority over the earthly, the sensual, and the demonic. Because we have authority in the name of Jesus. We have authority through the power of the blood. My wife, well, I want, uh, I want to minister, not today, but I want to minister on the authority that we have in the name, with the name of Jesus. Because we have authority over the demonic. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just come before you and I thank you, Lord God, that you have given us a strategy, and not only a strategy, but you've given us a power to overcome the earthly, the sensual, and the demonic. And we do it, Lord God, with the heart and with the tongue. Father, and I'd like for you to pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus...
I repent for using my tongue and my heart to curse people that are made in your image. I receive your forgiveness. And right now I renounce cursing in my heart and in my tongue in the name of Jesus. And I receive the Spirit of God who has poured His love in my heart in Jesus' name. And now, Father, come on. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, with the authority you've given me, I take authority over the earthly, the sensual, and the demonic, and I command you to go in Jesus' name. And by the power of the Spirit, I will use my tongue to bless what God blesses in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless the Lord.